Hello. Today we are going to hell, quite literally. It started with a nice trip home to York, PA, which should be explanation enough. After all, we were the only city in the Union to surrender to the Confederacy. However, our journey spans further than that, all the way to Hellum, PA, which also happens to be in York. Welcome to Not So Familiar History. I'm David Cirillo. And I'm Helen Gunn. So it was Halloween weekend. We decided it wouldn't be wise to party during a pandemic. I mean, everyone thought that, right, Helen? Indeed. Yeah. I wish. So, <laughs> same. So instead, we tried to really figure out what we could do that would be safe. And we decided that we would debunk a hellish myth. That seems spooky enough. A Halloween well spent. Yeah. So in isolation, you and I walked through private property, braved Masks the property. Masks on, of course. Braved the possibility of trespassing charges and succeeded in finding the first gate of a supposed seven to hell. And I really want to, for a moment, focus on how scenic this journey was because the autumn foliage really distracted me from the true purpose of this trip. It was really anyway, beautiful. Oh, yes, gorgeous. But it was also anyway, dark out. <laughs> it was dark out, you're right. We couldn't even see the trees. But I pictured <laughs> they were beautiful. I, in my head, they are gorgeous. In my yeah. heart, they are as well. Anyway, there are allegedly seven gates in Hellum, though the only confirmed one is the first one. And the legend states that once you pass the fifth, you never return. So with that cheery thought in mind, let me tell you about what we talked about while looking for those other six gates. So something that I brought up that is very fascinating to me is that those short stories like The Devil and Tom Walker and The Devil and Daniel Webster are both set in New England, which brought me to the question of, is New England really so close to hell? Are New Englanders closer to hell than most? Depends do we on have who you eternal... ask. Depends on who you ask, yeah. But then do we have eternal damnation to look forward to due to our place of birth? And then David, ever, ever helpful, of course, reminded me that I am not a New Englander. And like climate change has shifted the locations of icebergs. Like a melting effect almost, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I imagine. Yeah, those plates just move. It just, it soon became apparent that the myth of the seven gates of hell wasn't a myth at all. Weird things were happening. Crows were crowing, wolves were howling, or maybe it was the other way around. But for some reason, we kept going. We stumbled across the other gates, and I must admit that the iteration of hell and hellum is a bit disappointing. There's just a bunch of Nazis and war criminals, and also John Haythorne, the judge who authorized Salem witch trials. Mm -hmm. But Helen, we both know why we didn't actually turn back. <laughs> You're right. The devil is a very handsome man. Quite refined, well-dressed, 10 out of 10 would endure hellfire for this demon. Which is pretty much exactly what we did, so yeah. <laughs> and while I was admiring the cut of the devil's suit, he noticed us. Well, David, actually. Uh, waving David over, the devil reached into his pocket to gift David with something shiny. At the same time, I contemplated how very alone I am. I would not be jealous of attention from the devil, Helen, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when he's that handsome. That's true. Honestly, though, even though he was extremely good looking, it was kind of depressing. Like, okay, yeah, sure, people love to say queer people will end up in hell. I love to say that about myself from time to time. It's kind of fun, you know, it's kind of cheery to me. But it was just yeah. really on the nose. Like, maybe he just has a very twisted sense of humor. I don't know. I guess I should have expected that. 
but maybe maybe I mean you can it's fun for you to say like I'm going to hell because I'm because I'm queer but for me I'm going to hell just because I'm a bad person well we already knew that Helen um it's in your name <laughs> it's quite literally in your name you're right I was it was fated to be yeah it was very Calvinist uh <laughs> of of your of your parents to name you that <laughs> thanks mom and dad yeah. But for further context on this devilishly handsome creature, the devil, Lucifer Morningstar is a fallen angel. After refusing to bow to Adam, he was banished from the heavens and transformed his ambitions to cause mischief and lead people toward their worst tendencies. I'm using he as the pronoun because it seems like the most fitting to refer to the devil for various reasons. Um, this is the the trash on men portion of the podcast. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a constant fixture. But once properly unleashed toward the worst selves, these people are then banished to hell, a place of flame and torture. And the devil, who we also call Satan, loves tricks. Hence why I was skeptical of what he handed me. Yes, and skeptical you should be. I also want to point out that talking to Lucifer Morningstar, it is like the one time where you would successfully be able to ask, did it hurt? when you fell from heaven. Yeah, that is true. Um, it's very, very good chance that he would immediately murder you on the spot once asked, but... How yeah. do you murder someone that's already dead? Well, we're not dead yet, right? We're just kind of walking through. Yeah. That's true. We're just on a trip. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, I'm it's a good inside. thing I didn't ask. That's true. It's a good thing I didn't ask then, I suppose, but... The shiny thing turned out to be a key of some sort, and deciding I really wanted to get home before Thanksgiving, David agreed to try to use the key to move on and hopefully get back to Earth. Although it's quite ironic now because you are quarantined and probably will not be going home for Thanksgiving, Helen. But... Yeah, this is... <laughs> this freaking blows. Thank you for the reminder. So, before Helen's quarantine adventures... We entered a really dark encampment and I put the key in my pocket because I thought we were still in a cave. So I didn't really see the point of having a key unless I just like stuck it against the wall and, and scraped it repeatedly or something. Um, <laughs> but we couldn't really see anything. So we listened. And when we listened, we heard a really gushing rush of water. It didn't glow. In fact, it was darker than the surrounding banks. It was almost a pitch black. But I knew we were by the River Styx, or maybe the Rivera Chiron, something I gleaned from uh, Eurydice. And then suddenly, a light penetrated the darkness, and a winged man appeared. Helen thought it was an Avenger. I will not be ashamed of what I saw. It looked like an Avenger. I will be ashamed for you, and that's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but alas, it was not an Avenger. Uh, he called himself Thanatos, which we later learned, thanks to Google, was the god of death. And he was accompanied by Hermes, who we did know on the spot, by the way, because of his cute little wings on his feet and in his helmet. Yes, yeah. little feetsies. Yeah, it was really noticeable, so at least we knew him. But there was also another person who I didn't recognize. I don't think Helen recognized, although I'm sure she affiliates herself with more hellish creatures than I do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already talked about your... Uh, your reasons for going to My hell. hellacious first name. Yeah, exactly. But Danatos actually carried a lock of hair from this this random person. Perhaps he had a scrapbook, a creepy scrapbook, but a scrapbook nonetheless. Maybe it was the token of love. Yeah. 
I mean, um, when Miley Cyrus first met Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, fun fact, in 2008, the first thing she asked them, and apparently she does frequently, it was for a lock of their hair because she keeps them. Um, so, I'm a cob. Yeah, it, it could be a nice thing, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> a boat came into view with a shredded psychopomp. What is a psychopomp, Helen? <laughs> Seriously, someone tell us because we aren't sure. Okay, well, I actually do know because I Googled afterwards when I was Googling Thanatos. Okay, then please tell me what a psychopomp is because I'm the only person apparently that doesn't know what a psychopomp is. Yes, and I like living in this uh, privileged arena where I kind of know something that you don't. So perhaps I just won't say it. Um, <sighs> what a tease. I know, it's, it's, it's a common... It's a common critique of me, but <laughs> but um, no, a psychopomp is actually just someone who sort of guides the souls of those who've recently died to the afterlife. Okay, so it's not just like a, a boatman, it's like someone whose job is to guide the souls. Yeah, could be on a boat, could be on a horse, could be on a, a large chicken, Ooh, could be on anything an really. Um, but this psychopomp was the ferryman of Hades. Sharon, who was in a boat. So the gods left, and we were kind of just left alone with this random person missing a lock of hair, along with Sharon. And we traversed the river, which was dark and screaming, until we heard a different sound, almost like a growling. We looked up through Sharon's light to see a three-headed dog named Cerberus. His job was to stop people from leaving and returning to the world of the living, but uh, I knew what he was really hiding, and that was the Sorcerer's Stone. All we needed was a flute and we would be good as gold. Perhaps, but we didn't have enough love from our mothers to survive, did we? Guys. What? (laughs) (laughs) A Harry Potter (laughs) reference. He only survived everything because of the love of his mom. Yeah, but Hermione and Ron definitely survived everything, too. Oh, well, whatever. Okay, fine. We'll just ignore it. My mom loves me. My mom loved me too. That Love. was why I was confused. She still loves you. She still loves me, but I don't know how long I'm going to make it. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> we are already in the underworld, Helen. So. Okay, that's true. Anyway, after All crossing right. the river, we followed our new friend. I wouldn't call him a friend. Our new acquaintance across the Asphodel Fields, where people forget all their memories of their former life in the River Leap. We just watched from a distance as they touched the water and forgot their past life. Oops. Unfortunately, while they forgot their memories, they also forgot their name and we forgot to ask. Although I don't know if it was really forgetting task. I really didn't care. I don't know if you did, Helen. It was a misconnection to me. They could have been the love of my life, but... They were dead. So that would have been really depressing. The love of my dad. Someone already dead. Yeah, I guess, I guess. That's some corpse bride stuff. Well, you are in quarantine, so... It's fine. I am constantly thinking about my own mortality. You needn't worry. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, another reason why we are telling our story of our hellish adventure. But oh, yes. this unknown creature with a missing lock of hair who honestly was looking more ragged and aged by the second, uh, honestly, the underworld was not a good look for them, reached a fork in the road with us. And suddenly I realized we were at the place of judgment. In the underworld, you could be sent to one of three places. 
the best natured would go to Elysium, a comfortable place where the sun always shone. And that was kind of like uh, where Achilles would be, for instance. But those who needed nice. to be punished were sent to the fields of punishment in Tartarus. Sometimes when the judges could not decide, souls would be sent back to the Asphodel fields, sort of like a purgatory. And Odysseus really described it best. There are meadows that I can't describe. The landscape is level as seen in dreams or visions where nothing is thought of but the moment. Where do you think you'd end up, Helen? Oh yeah, definitely the Asphodel field. I am way too nice to go to Tartarus, but too mean to get to Elysium. Plus, I've been writing Harry Potter fan fictions, and the one that I just started writing would definitely exclude me from the Grecian version of heaven. Well, Helen, anyone who writes Harry Potter fan fictions, I'm sorry to tell you, is automatically in Tartarus. I should have known. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, honestly. Like, you kind of just get dragged along with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. So. Damn it. Anyway, I think I'd end up in the Asphodel Fields, too, or maybe in Tartarus. Because sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like feel like that would be kind of fun, you know, like a little more interesting. Yeah, spicy. Yeah, a little spicy and quite literally because my face would feel on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But unfortunately for this random person, they were sent to the fields of punishment. It turns out they worked for Exxon, so uh, it made sense. And we didn't really stick around to see their afterlife. Though it would have been cool, I guess, to see the Titans. I wanted to, but Helen insisted otherwise. With good reason, thank you. Yeah, probably for the best. I feel like I am terrible at climbing, so climbing out of the pit of Tartarus would have been a very, very steep endeavor for me. Yeah, my knees would have just given out. Yeah, we would have definitely gotten stuck there, perhaps been eaten. But, Mm -hmm. alas, we figured the best way to sort of get home was to go through the center. That might not make sense, but... We felt kind of sure that Hades or Persephone or someone would have some kind of exit, right? And it'd probably be close to their quarters. I figured they wouldn't just swim out. Could we have just swam out, Helen? Would that have been easier? Certainly not. We would have joined the dearly departed and drowned in the maelstrom of souls. That sounds kind of fun, like a really nice Halloween party that I wish I could have gone to, but alas, we were stuck in hell because of coronavirus and having to social distance from people. But... I guess you are correct. We would have been sucked into a vortex of souls, and we might have forgotten all of our memories, but do I want to remember my memories anyway? I might have been okay with that. I have some, I have a few good ones that I would be okay with holding on to, though many of them I could take or leave. Yeah, I mean, if I forgot all my memories, this story would have been completely blank until probably right now. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. After deciding not to battle amnesia while drowning, we decided to go to Hades Town. Not a real place? What? It's, it's not a real place. Wait, what do you mean it's not real? Is That's Hades Factory. Where we went, we were there. Um, definitely a musical. So is it part of hell? Can a musical really be part of well, hell? Well, it won so many Tonys, it must be real. Oh man, that was pretty much like my whole idea when we were down there. Remember I kept covering your eyes with my hand? Oh, that explains, I was wondering why you were doing Yeah, that. I didn't want to end up like Eurydice when Orpheus turned around and she ended up stuck in the underworld as a result. You were my Orpheus, like in my head. What if you were my Orpheus? No, no, that that doesn't happen because um, I'm, I'm the main character. 
<laughs> you are the main character. Yeah. Do you go on main character walks in the neighborhood? Oh, uh, of course. It's called strutting, Helen. <laughs> it's called strutting. Right, yes. right. Anyway, we went down to Hades Town, but it wasn't so much a factory like in the musical as a palace. Overall, it was pretty easy to find. It stuck out like a sort of glimmering structure of obsidian, a shiny black against a really dark, kind of grotesque looking red sky. Like really flashy, sort of like the Emerald City, but overtly evil. I would just say it was dark. I mean, black is like, I know it's not a color, but it's kind of my favorite color too. I feel like if I had a palace, I would like it that color. Yeah. yeah it looks good in everything. It makes the palace look slimming. <laughs> it slims down the palace. Yes. So it doesn't look too yeah. like overtly um, abundant to all the people suffering below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want an uprising, you know. So No, you definitely want to keep people in their places. Well, that's what the demons are for. Did you, oh wait, just as a side note, today, before I got sent home to quarantine, I was talking to my AP kids about, we were talking about fashion and like defying gender norms. And one boy was like, I just don't like it. I don't like fashion. It wasn't that he didn't like defying gender norms, but he didn't like fashion. He was like, it's just, it's not practical. How do you, how do you wear it? How do, how do, how do you use, it's like, it's not useful. There's no utility to it. And then I, <laughs> I explained, that like fashion is basically like a symbol of the proletariat rising up because like people weren't able to wear certain clothes because they weren't nobles even if they had the money for it and then i was like well now fashion's pretty pretentious but you know once people were able to like afford things and also wear whatever they wanted then it become like a like a a self-expression tool a sort of like you can't hold me down you dumb nobles and then the kids just like stared at me blankly and and nodded it still is a self-expression tool. Maybe not. Oh, it is. Maybe it's not just to rise the, up, but yeah. But it's also like the high fashion is definitely bourgeoisie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like we couldn't afford the stuff that Harry Styles wore in his Vogue cover shoot. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. You are you are correct. Even though many many mm-hmm. people who are even cis straight men have worn dresses before that are much cheaper and probably look just as good that we could wear, yet those don't get attention. But aside from that, yes. Because it's not high fashion. Yes, yes, high fashion. It's not haute couture. Haute couture. He did look very good. Well, I wish we bought some haute couture to bring down to these people in the underworld so that way they could have risen up with the confidence of, of their clothing. But alas. <laughs> alas, we just... That was a good just, segue. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, alas, we just ended up in the palace ourselves. So we kind of snuck in through the sewer, I must say. It was... It was not an illustrious entrance, and we did smell somewhat after the fact, but it didn't matter because we were inside the palace. The halls were so Mm. huge. Tapestries lined the walls. I found them pretty beautiful, but they were also a really good hiding place. Hopefully the gods in the underworld couldn't distinguish bumps, large sort of um, bodies hidden under the tapestries, because that was us. But (laughs) (laughs) that's when we heard... uh, a really booming voice, probably an alto, I'm guessing. Uh, would you say it was an alto? I was thinking more of like a baritone. Oh, well, okay. Yes, it was probably an alto. I agree with you completely, David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, as, as the uh, opera star of this duo, 
I trust I trust your evaluation of voices completely. Thanks. Yes, as the voice approached, though, we kind of lumped together under the tapestry to form one giant sort of big potato lump. But yes, the potato of our dreams. Yes, yes, air fried, preferably. But mm-hmm. even though we formed a, a large lump, I poked my ear out of the tapestry ever so slightly. Perhaps that's what gave us away. Not really oh, sure. Oh, definitely is. No, no, it is. That's what happened. Oh, the, the little ear, not not our giant ear. It was the little ear. ear. They, they are gods and goddesses. They have night vision, David. Could they not have just seen the giant lump behind the tapestry? Is it really my fault? They were trying to pretend that we weren't there, but then once you stuck your ear out, they were like, no, this is where we draw the line. Oh, well, alas. It's okay, though, because it was Demeter, and I guess she figured we were hapless humans, which we were and are, because... It is true. Yeah, because she changed her form, shrinking down to our size, which was a really good thing, because seeing a god in in their true form would kill us. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Granted, we were in the right place for that. Small blessings either way. Yes. But apparently, Persephone, her daughter destined to spend half the year down there with Hades, was late to return home. And she was there for a custody battle with Hades. But she seemed really cool and collected and said we could even follow her. So that was nice. It was. I felt like she was all of our moms. Our mom's moms, even. Yeah. She was always by that hearth, so to speak. Um... (laughs) But then we realized she wasn't actually going to Earth. She was going to Mount Olympus, which sounded better, maybe, than the Underworld. Maybe. But I feel like Zeus would be just as likely to kill us as Hades. Or he'd turn into a swan and do terrible things. Yeah, I mean, it's not like this is like a heaven-hell situation. I mean, like, heaven is in the Underworld, too. Mount Olympus is just full Mm -hmm. of, like, a bunch of really mischievous gods who are just as murderous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... We didn't really want to stick around for too long, so we followed Demeter down the hall, kind of rushing her along. But as she was on the hunt for Persephone, Helen screamed. I figured she was just having another panic attack. Which is a fair assumption. Yeah, but then I saw it too. A red dash, a devilish smile, an extremely fit body that looked like it went to an LA plastic surgeon frequented by Instagram influencers. Even Demeter noticed. She claimed it was odd that he shouldn't be here, that this wasn't his world, and that's when we figured it out. Satan was following us. Instead of following the benevolent goddess, we figured we should follow this creepy creature of death. In hindsight, that seemed stupid, but at the time it seemed like we were just beating Matt's own game. Yes, us. Understanding the game played by an infinitely old devil. Helen, we are Americans. Exceptionalism runs through our blood. Oh, man. (laughs) That is true, and aren't we proud of it? (laughs) Regardless, we crept through the hall towards the devil until we saw he got into an elevator. Luckily, Helen is fast. I have asthma. She... (laughs) That is true. I am a little speedier than you. Yes. She stuck out her arm and prevented the door from closing. The elevator sprung open, and we joined the devil as some Wagner played in the background. Weird choice. Yep. Those Nazis love Wagner. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it makes sense in hindsight, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, the devil moved swiftly. He pressed a button I couldn't really read, and I was also kind of 
just hypnotized by his beautiful face. But God, he's such a I know, but he pushed us out when the doors reopened. He was surprisingly strong, though I guess I shouldn't be that surprised because he was pretty buff. But he was fit. Yeah, he, he was really fit. But I tried to press the elevator button again, but as I smashed it, the entire elevator suddenly disappeared. Maybe it was a private elevator, sort of just like you have to you have to be there to summon it, you know, it's, it's only for your eyes yeah, only. It's for the VIPs. Yeah, for VIPs to even appear. But when I turned around, everything was a little less dark. I mean, it was still kind of dark, but mm-hmm. more like gray, not black, you know? It was still really yeah. desolate. And I kind of recognized the place. It was distinctly earthy. I had a sinking feeling of deja vu, something that brought me back to college and outdated iPads. Yes, and so we realized that we had finally figured out a way to leave the Greek version of hell, but we had come to a place that looked very much like Earth or the underbelly thereof. We were in, as David said, a familiar place. It was an airport, an airport called LaGuardia. Yep, my God. Yes. So a place of nightmares. (laughs) Truly, truly the stuff of nightmares. So the hope I felt that we'd finally return to Earth was obviously ill-founded because such an easy escape was too good to be true. We were definitely still in hell and LaGuardia had a sign telling us that we were in something called Gainom. So after a bit of research, somehow, my phone had bars in this place, I found that Gainon was actually a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. They would burn garbage there and also burn the bodies of suicide victims to destroy them, since killing oneself was such a sin that you'd lose your eternal afterlife privileges. Uh, also, I felt immensely uncomfortable. Yeah. I tried to figure out... You too? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to figure out the emotion and I realized it was shame. David and I presumed that we felt shame as being ashamed of our sins would successfully purge us and render us able to move on to life hereafter. And then I also ruminated on the fact that my sins were so boring. Yet so horrible, Helen. We've discussed this. We've discussed this. (laughs) But, um, I'm sorry. Carefully looking at the derelict side depicting departures and arrivals, we found the next flight didn't leave for another 12 months. I winced, as my parents would be so upset with me for missing an entire year. Likely. But as David reminded me, we had bigger things to worry about. Yeah, like why the iPads were yes. blank, not working, and you had to pay money for them anyway. Yeah, and when was the last time that carpet was vacuumed? I mean, I assume they bring a vacuum out, but the vacuum just spews dust. It must. And I don't even know what people were doing on those chairs. I don't even want to know. Coughing with COVID, presumably. Probably. But anyway, the airport map said that we could stay in Gainam or we could go to the Christian version of hell, which is actually quite a lot like Gainam, but also eternal and with fire and brimstone and torture. It's also tantalizingly close to heaven and apparently our mouths would be blistered and all we'd want is a drop of water from heaven, but of course we wouldn't get it. But I digress. I thought in terms of Christian traditions that the better option would be the Catholic purgatory, but the time spent there is most unreliable. The sign just said we'd have our sins burned out of us for a time that is less than eternity, so I didn't see that as very promising. Yeah. Briefly, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, that sounds Catholic to me, like my youth. Quite, and my current life. 
Uh, briefly, I wondered if we'd get to see Lucifer in a different form. Like if he would appear as a canonically compliant angel. You know, the ones with six wings or four faces. But before I could figure out how many eyes four faces would have, I'm very bad at math, it takes me a while. Same. David and I were so excited to spot Judas. He was dressed in the same bejeweled costume he wore in Jesus Christ Superstar. You remember it well, don't you? <laughs> well, which version? The one that aired on NBC or the musical itself? Or perhaps the school version? Oh, I was thinking of the one on DVD. Oh, well, I don't know what that is, Helen. What's the DVD? I don't know. I felt like it was like, they like filmed it in Jerusalem. No, but what's a DVD? You're, you're older than me. I don't get, I don't get your reference. I am one year older than you. This is absurd. All right. Anyways, before I could burst into song, David pointed out a staff only door. And so we took a chance and we ran straight through it. Mm-hmm. Straight like a sh I, I don't know what I was going to joke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was really super dark and I just felt bad for the staff. What treatment? Though I guess maybe it was dark because they were actually allowed to work from home. In which case, well, well, perhaps we shouldn't go there, Helen. It's a, a tough spot for you right now. Those lucky dogs. Yep. Although we don't know, so. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, that's when we... Even devils have better health care than I do. I mean, <laughs> that's not unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But then we heard a really strange laugh. A combination between a hyena and a baritone seagull. In other words, Satan followed us into the staff closet. <laughs> He's in the closet! Well, He's that makes sense why he was flirting with me. <laughs> but what This guy is really attached to you. I, well, he could be following you just as well. Maybe he's trying to play hard to get with you. I doubt that, but yes. What even is this Satan, though, Helen? Is the devil a fallen angel? Is the devil a djinn? Well, before we can find that out, we must ask, what are jinns? Well, jinns are spirits. In the Quran, they aren't inherently good nor bad. They are sort of amorphous entities, able to take the shape of humans and animals alike. They can even be thought of as angels, kind of, which is like, why I'm kind of asking, is the devil a jinn? But you you know jinns. If, you if you've ever seen Aladdin, then you've yeah, seen a jinn. Yeah, genie. The genie is an Afrit, uh, which is actually apparently the most scary jinn, but that's not really depicted oh. in the movie, but it's okay. I mean, jinn aren't inherently good or bad, though some can be good or bad. Oh, makes better sense to me now. Yeah. I'd say it's possible for, for the devil to be that attractive. He's got to have some magic up his sleeve. I'm sure. Anyway. I felt around for a few minutes, and after accidentally hitting Helen in the face a few times... Thanks for that, by the way. I thought your nose was a light switch. <laughs> I know, I get that a lot. I mean, I do too. <laughs> anyway, I did actually find the real light switch, though. And Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, it took, took a few minutes and a few slaps. But this wasn't a closet after all. It was actually a lobby. From the lobby, we walked into what appeared to be a theater. And at first, I thought we'd stumbled on set of one of my favorite plays, Christopher Marlowe's Dr. Faustus. Fun fact, Marlowe was a famous playwright before Shakespeare and could have been even greater than Shakespeare. Sadly, he was knifed in a bar and died at 29. 
They think he, what? My future. (laughs) Really the dream. But they think he might have been a Catholic spy or maybe even a double agent. So very spicy. Uh, Anyway. Very spicy indeed. Yes. But the more we watched the play, the more I figured it wasn't a play, but a loop. We weren't in a dirty, heathenish playhouse. Instead, we were watching Faustus live out his greatest mistakes infinitely. Frankly, watching these events occur were eye-opening. Necromancy is not what I pictured, and Helen of Troy is not the babe I presumed her to be. Is she sort of... But do you feel a sisterly bond with her and namesake? Merely because her name is Helen? Yes. There was a math TA at Rice that remembered my name because I said, my name is Helen. And he said, yes, Helen of Troy, I will remember this. And he did. (laughs) Legendary. Valmir. Good old Valmir. Anyway, the best part started to occur. The demons began to circle Dr. Faustus, preparing to tear him limb from limb and drag him to hell. While enthralled by how graphic it was, the demons noticed us and David and I were on the fast track to being implicated and thrown into hell again. David talked me through some deep breathing exercises to calm me down, and I remembered that we were in the semblance of an Elizabethan playhouse. I found the trap door on the stage, and out of that particular hellhole we tumbled. Unfortunately, we tumbled into yet another. When we landed, we were at the feet of a Roman man. He was Virgil, so we were in Dante's Inferno. Was he attractive, do you think? Virgil? He wasn't, he was no devil. No, he was no devil. It was like, whatever. Here's this oldish guy. I guess now we're in Dante's Inferno, but we had nine levels of hell to get through. What was the first? The first was Limbo. We had landed there, where the virtuous unbelievers and pagans got to go. This This was basically a deficient form of heaven. A copy or a farce, but it do be better than eternal damnation. Basically, the good humans that did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior got put there, as they were unworthy of the incomprehensible paradise that heaven is. Basically, this is what we would imagine heaven to be like, therefore making it less than the actual heaven. Shockingly, a lot of Greek philosophers were here. Uh, as I feel that most modern philosophers are definitely in the deeper parts of hell. Oh, what? You you think Nietzsche is in hell? And he did say that God was oh, dead. Well, that makes and sense. I think God I would be kind of upset yeah, about yeah, that. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, lust was next, and this is a circle I am least likely to ever inhabit. It was a bit blustery here, so we had to do our best to stay grounded. Basically, the winds were sort of sanctimoniously sending the message that lust carries one aimlessly. If I had to guess, I would say this would be the place that Satan's key worked. Uh, in in, in lust. lust. Especially since he gave it to you exactly. in lust. Exactly. Oh, 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 The devil's lusting after this. No, do not say that. Anyway, we made our way in. We were blown into Glutton's circle, and yuck. This place was putrid. Basically, the Gluttons were howling like dogs in the mud. It was freezing, and I had icicles forming in my hair, which is something that hadn't happened since I was in high school, leaving swim practice with wet hair. It really wasn't what I'd pictured a sort of glutinous area to be. I I very much, like, I, I was always kind of, like, cognizant of the gluten-free movement but i wasn't realized like this is what happens if you eat gluten all right (laughs) as we carefully made our way through the nasty mud we came across a three-headed demon hound guarding the evil gluttons 
So in Dante's Inferno, they filled this dog's three mouths with mud so that they could pass. I was not interested in getting my my clothes even dirtier than they already were, however. So I suggested we sing the dog a song to lull it to sleep. David suggested an ABBA song, so we sang Mamma Mia with great fervor. And I feel the dog was brokenhearted ever since we started. <laughs> yes, uh, blue since the day we parted. But in a surprising turn of events, we ruptured its eardrums, so we, we were really good to go. <laughs> Let's be real, we can't hear anything anymore. But agreed was the next circle that we ended up in. So after we were past the bleeding pup, we were regaled with the effects of capitalism. The poor people of greed circles were no longer individuals. They were merely defined by their spending and hoarding. And in that circle, they just jousted with weights. I recognized a few people there, actually. Um, yeah, mainly from, like, sort of the financial district in New York, but... Definitely a lot of yuppies. A lot of vineyard vines. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of sort of really horrible quarter zip shirts um oh those patagonia well i I love patagonia but they they, god why did they why did they appropriate appropriate it yeah why did they appropriate it anyway i don't know (laughs) we shuffled over to wrath close to the city of dis meaning we were finally reaching the home stretch of this foray into another iteration of hell the only problem was that we had to walk through all of this sludge so, so much for not getting my clothes dirty. Atop the sludge was the actively wrathful. They they fought each other pretty viciously. I covered my eyes as one man gouged the eyes out of a particularly wrathful lady. David waved at them. The lady, of course, could not see. It was nice. It was sort uh, of we like, had to... it just reminded me of Oedipus a little bit. I was like, oh, this is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really I mean, you know what they say um, after Pride Month? comes wrath month and that's my birth month so i felt kind of like a kinship to this uh yes to this stage of hell good i'm i'm happy for you i'm glad you can make connections with these people uh uh we had to watch our steps as beneath the sludge was the passively wrathful they would they were withdrawn and sullen and unable to connect with god one looked a little excited when David accidentally stuck his shoe in their mouth, however. I will not comment on that experience. <laughs> I thought it was because they got a taste of oh. dinner. David thinks it was something Yeah, else. I just, yeah. Anyway, I, I, will, I will not shame. <laughs> no. Heresy was next, and it was pretty easy to navigate. All the heretics were trapped in flaming tombs. So then we got to violence's circle. And the Minotaur there went straight for me and my cute red jacket. I should not have worn red because, of course, the Minotaur would go for that. But aside from the Minotaur, this circle was for the haters. The haters of others, themselves, and also of God art. Who hates art? I know, right? Art is like the one thing everyone should And nature is the one thing that's kept me alive this quarantine. Actually, nature is also included with art as the one thing everyone should love. So, so the homies who hurt other people were burning in a river of boiling blood and fire. Then on the horrible plain of burning sand were the people who harmed God, nature, or art. We're looking at you, book burners. I hope you enjoy the flame. Well, flakes. they're not listening to this because why would they listen to podcasts? That's true. They don't even yeah. Read books. Would they try to burn their so. phone when they turned it on? Like, 
<laughs> Could it be? And, and, and then the forest is made of the forest that we saw was made of the people who had harmed themselves. So the people were transformed into these gnarly trees so that they could eat, get eaten by harpies. All in all, it was a fun time had by I'm all. I'm sure. Deliciously fun. By the time we made it to fraud, I was getting pretty tired and homesick. I also regretted trying to disprove the seven gates of hell's presence in York, PA. I mean, I grew up there. I should have known it would be true. That place was terrible. Yeah. Well, we finally made it to the ninth circle, treachery. The lake of ice, full of sinners. I hadn't been ice skating in a while, but this seemed a good, as good a time as any. I actually did have lessons on ice skating when I was a child, but then suddenly I went to Texas and it all went south. It did, didn't it? Um, I'm just imagining you doing like figure eights and twirling. That's really cool, David. I wish I knew how to ice skate like I that. I don't know how to ice skate like that. <laughs> Darn it. I figured you would. Oh, well, it seemed like a David thing to do. Perhaps, but don't forget, uh, another <laughs> David thing to do is to be uncoordinated. <laughs> that is fair enough. So, after stepping on some Hellspawn's faces, we made it to the center and got a good look at Satan. So, in the book, they climb down Satan's ragged fur, get to his genitals, and then find themselves at the center of the universe. They get out, and it's sort of like what I imagined digging to China would be like when I was a kid. Different hemisphere, different lighting, the whole kit and caboodle. Very strange smells. I, I decided to close my eyes and hold my breath, as the process of getting to the center of the universe was a bit graphic for my tastes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was okay. Okay, good for you. Um, but anyway, we started to see light, and finally we made it out. I, of course, accidentally fell on David. Coordination is also not my strong suit. To what a pair. What a pair indeed. To, to our dismay, we were not in New York, but in a hotel room. Realization dawned. We were in Sartre's Huiclos, or No Exit. I warned David that while I value his friendship and love him dearly, we would certainly begin hating each other. Hell is other people after all. Is this all. what... Thankfully. <laughs> is this what uh, couples have felt like in quarantine, I wonder? Maybe. I know that after China let people out, there were a lot of divorces. Well, the jury's out in America. <laughs> that is true. Well, thankfully, David remembered the key the devil gave him in Helm and pulled it out. Somehow, it fit into the keyhole and away we went. It was went. actually really sweet. I guess he was trying to help us after all. Anyway, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he thought we would have perished before then. Maybe it was just kind of like, ha ha ha. Anyway, I was very surprised it worked. I figured it was for a hotel room, to be honest. Um, and in a way, it was because we were in a hotel. The hallway smelled really <laughs> musty. Like, it, it hadn't been touched in hundreds of years. There was also a distinct mold growth along the ceiling. I am allergic to mold, so I ran down the hall until I found an elevator and hopped in, holding it open for Helen. And I did appreciate that a lot. I mean, we've come this far. <laughs> As I looked around, I realized it was actually the same elevator from the underworld. I gazed over the buttons. The expected circles were there, sure, a P and S, but there was also a top button that was completely blank. Under Helen's influence, she really egged me on. I pressed it. What we need then was even more mystery. Yes. In terms of the, the egging you on, I definitely 
use something I use on my students. I always say, do it, you fool, do it. Oh. And then they do oh, okay. it. Okay. Well, I, 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 I don't know if I'd appreciate that, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually call them cowards. Well, I, I, I be like, do it, you coward. And then the kid's like, okay. You're not wrong, I guess. <laughs> when I pressed the button, though, the mystery deepened. A shiny 10 appeared on the button's previously blank surface. I was confused, and Helen told me there were only nine circles of hell, so I was kind of like, what the heck is happening here? But the elevator doors opened, and suddenly a familiar skyline was coming into view. The first thing that gave it away was the smog. It had to be LA. But it wasn't all smog. It was smoke from a blazing fire. While we were gone, everything just seemed to burst into flames or something. It's kind of crazy and hot. Mm -hmm. In more than one way. Yeah, I, I guess so. And you were so worried about your jacket. Well, I'm sorry, Helen, you have stood on it. And somehow you didn't really get it dirty throughout the entire journey throughout all of these different hellscapes, but yeah, I was amazed that you could still tell it was Yeah, red. same. But, alas, the soot. <laughs> Arthur Schopenhauer, the German philosopher almost as pessimistic as I am, once said, For whence did Dante take the materials for his hell? But from this our actual world. The world is hell. And men are on one hand the tormented souls, and on the other the devils in it. And that's when we figured it out. We were in hell this whole time. And then we saw the devil run toward the hills with a few bats in hand. We kind of just stayed put, which brings us to today. We're still processing everything that happened, but we figured out one thing for sure. We are on Earth. We aren't in the underworld. It's just that... Earth is hell. Well, shit. At least it really was like a Halloween well spent. Or a month. I'm not really sure how long we were in there. These past few months have been hell, though, and not just for those of us who've traveled to the underworld. Perhaps you could say these past few years have been hell, dependent on your COVID-influenced interpretation. The temperatures are boiling as climate change joins forces with a plague, and the world is quite literally on fire. But we commend you for living through this hellscape. Whatever you may or may not believe is waiting for you on the other side. In the meantime, I'm going to try to make the world a little less hellish, little by little. Thank you for listening to this episode of not so familiar history welcome to hell it was a little bit not so familiar from our previous episodes but we hope you enjoyed it it was a nice fun foray describing the different histories and landscapes of the underworld in different cultures literary contexts and religions and hopefully we can do some other kind of cool episodes like this in the future yes and while we brainstorm that Try to figure out which version of hell you're ending up in. And make sure to give us a nice five-star rating, or, or I guess whatever you think we deserve, on Apple Podcasts. And listen to us on whatever platform you prefer. We are available on pretty much everything. Thank you, and see you in two weeks. Mm -hmm.